team from Kids Gen uh, traveled with me, Benzi, Brian, Joanna, Eve, and, and also Ying Ying, all right. Uh, they, they went together with me uh, to a camp, uh, you know, for the for appointed church. And, you know, these guys were really amazing. The kids loved them, you know, and, and some of the kids uh, actually asked, you know, can the camp be five days, you know, and, and you know, they did a tremendous job. And, and the parents were so happy, you know, uh, with the team, all right. And, and they were saying that, you know, hey, you know, uh, can, can the parents are asking for their numbers, all right. So that they want to, you know, update them about their, their, their children. You know, one of the parents so cute at, at the breakfast and she was saying, you know, uh, she, was, she was talking to Joanna and Eve and say that, you know, hey, can, can I send, you know, uh, you know uh, updates on my daughter, uh, to you guys uh, because she really loves the both of you and, and it's just amazing you know even for Eve yeah uh, she, at first she was very uh, worried uh, you know uh, doing children ministry but uh, you know the children love her after the, the their session with the children the children go to her hold her hand bring her around it's just amazing all right and and I had a good time with the with the family uh, church there and, and it was a really tremendous time and we're really believing for great things for our appointed church. Amen? So it's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. Guys, thank you so much yeah, for serving and you know most of them they were at, in fact all of them, they were at uh, Pastor John's wedding. Yeah, and, and you know it was, how many of you were at Pastor John's wedding yesterday? It was a tremendous time. If you were here, you heard Pastor John singing you know, and it was amazing, you know, and, and the wows, the wows are kept, all right, so, yeah, amen, amen, and last week, uh, Aaron preached a very good message as well, you know, and I, I was driving back from Johor, it was a long drive, I don't know why the traffic was so horrible, going there was six hours, coming back was five and a half hours, it was just crazy, all right, so, okay, yeah. it's okay, Siri, you are disturbing me. <laughs> all right, and you know it was, uh, yeah. So where was I? All right. So uh, on the way back, and we were just listening to to the sermon, and you know because at the campsite there was no line. All right, I was thinking maybe we should have a camp there, but then there's only one place in that place that has a two, a one bar of, of line that I could call, and it has to be at that particular tree. I have to stand under the tree, and at times you know I have to squat down and lift up my hands to get a signal. Alright, so it was really funny and people were just looking at me and thinking what I was, what I was doing. Alright, and, and you know, as I was listening to the message and it was really, you know, it's a very important reminder for us that every time when we say, God, here am I, use me. You know, God uses us not the way that how humans or people uses things. When God uses us, He's developing us. He's, de he's doing something now to prepare us for our destiny. Amen? So we got to understand that it's not, you know, we use a thing like, you know, like for instance, this morning in the communion cup, after we, we take the communion and, you know, and the cup, we just chuck it away. God doesn't do that in our lives. In fact, God is participating in our lives every single moment so that we will come to the place of His purpose and His destiny for our lives. So God doesn't wring you dry. He doesn't want us to strive to you know, to, to serve Him, God wants us to enjoy yeah, this journey with Him and also in Him. Amen? So I, I pray that we will understand this. If, if you are serving and you're feeling burnout, 
I think that there's, you know, some things that you need to re- rethink because your perception of who God is is not right. Because God doesn't, you know, uh, doesn't make use of you. In fact, He is molding and shaping you. Amen? All right, hallelujah. Amen. So we want to also uh, welcome back Joey. Yeah, from UK. She has passed the bar. She's been to the bar. And, you know, and she's back here. And, you know, it's, it's such a joy to have her back with us. Amen. You guys ready for the Word of God this morning? Amen. Come on, let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you that your Word is life. Your Word brings life into our very being, our minds, our hearts, and our spirit. Lord, we pray, O oh God, may you speak to us. Holy Spirit, bring your Word into such a tremendous revelation and reality that God that will, Lord, draw us closer to what you are doing even right now, preparing us for our destiny in you, O Father. So Lord, we thank you. Commit the rest of the morning before you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. You know, the title of my message is Life's Curveballs, all right? Life Curveballs, all right? And all of us, we, we have heard this you know, term before curveballs uh, in baseball. How many of you know what's baseball? All right. Yeah, probably you have watched this on, on TV. And the thing is this, that all of us, we want to hit home runs in life. Am I right? Isn't it great when you see someone, you know, the batter, when he hits the ball, he bats and the ball goes out of the stadium or into the crowd and everybody cheers because and the one who catches the ball you know, it's like, you know, just one, like, felt, felt like winning a million dollar, in a sense. Everybody wants to hit home runs in life. Everyone wants things to go our way, even at times when odds are against us, we want it to be for us. Am I right? We somehow think that God owes it to us to work everything according to our expectations. But we have to remember what God said in Isaiah 55 verse 8, that God's thoughts and His ways are not man's ways, are not man's thoughts. Because God knows far greater because He knows the end from the beginning. Amen? So, the thing is this, not every time that things will go our way or the way that we, we expect it to. But we can take heart. And be confident of Romans chapter 8, verse 28, that all things, all things will work together for those who love God. In the end, everything will pan out. That is the confidence that we can have in God. It may not be now, but it will surely pan out. That we can be confident of God and His promise. So I want to talk to you about curveballs, all right? A curveball will look like, you know, a pitch that, you know, that goes straight. It's something like coming straight at the batter. And the batter gets ready and he's thinking that, man, this is a straight ball. He's coming fast. I'm going to hit it. I'm going to, you know, at least, you know, at best or to get a home run. But then at the very last minute, what a curveball does is this, it will take a turn just a few inches away from the batter. When a pitcher throws a curveball, it lowers the chances 
of the batter hitting the ball significantly. Even in a normal pitch, a research was done that most of the time a batter can only hit 30%. His chances of hitting the ball is 30%. But a curved ball lowers that significantly. A curved ball is harder to hit than a fast ball moving straight. So what are life's curve ball or curve balls? It can be as minor as a change of schedule. For instance, those of you who are, you know, who are newly minted parents, you are getting ready, you know, to go out and you know you got your baby ready and you are thinking, oh man, we're gonna have a good time after staying home for so long, taking care, changing diapers, you know, feeding the baby, and you are like, oh, you know, finally. We get a chance to go out to the mall. And then suddenly, just before you are about to leave, you see your baby a bit fidgety, and you take out the thermometer and you use the thermometer and, and, you know, and, and, and saw the temperature, 38.2. Oh, no. Baby is having fever. Instead of a trip to the mall, it became a trip to the clinic and it definitely costs more to go to the clinic than to go to the mall. It could be as minor as that or it could be as major as a crisis in life that your life was going seems to be perfect. Everything seems to be going your way. Your job has no problem. You just got your promotion and everything was fine, but then your boss calls you in and says the company is closing down. Or you have been, you know, in a pink of health and you've been so fit and, and you know, and going out for, for walks or runs and, and suddenly you go to the doctor and the doctor says, hey, you know, you got to do some tests. And the results come back was not in favor toward you. It is something that is unexpected and it throws us off. That's what a curveball is. The truth is that we can't live our lives trying to avoid curveballs. The way we respond to them is crucial. This morning, I, wanna, I want us to look at just two characters in the Bible. The first person is Abraham. Everybody say Abraham. Abraham. So when Isaac was born, a promise was fulfilled. God gave that promise to Abraham in chapter 12, Genesis chapter 12, that, you know, his, 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 his descendants will be as numerous as the stars in the sky and as, as the sand by the seashore. But then, of course, the whole entire account was that, you know, Sarah, she thought that she would not be able to do that and and she gave her, her servant Hagar to, to Abraham and came forth Ishmael and, and so on and so on. You, you know the story, right? But God says that Ishmael will not be the son of promise. It will only come from Sarah. And finally, Isaac was born. And everything seems to be wonderful. Promise fulfilled. And then suddenly, Sarah saw Hagar and Ishmael had a contention towards Isaac. 
And Sarah went to Abraham and said, send them away. And Abraham, this is his, also his son, his seed. A curveball had taken place. Abraham was so torn, he went before God, and God says, it's okay, send them away. I will take care of them. So send them away. So, things seem to be okay. Happy family. Wife happy, son happy. No competition. What more can you ask? Abraham was happy. And then suddenly, a big curveball came. In Genesis chapter 22, Abraham, Abraham, take now your only son, whom you love, and take him and and offer him up as a burnt offering. Everything was going to play out well for Abraham. But then in Genesis 22, God told Abraham to offer Isaac as a burnt offering. Talk about a life, life's curveball. This was something totally unexpected. Of course, we all have the benefit of knowing because you know what we, we know, we read the Bible, right? That God spared Isaac. Isaac was not killed. But for Abraham and Isaac, at that very moment, it was really something else. God did not give Abraham a dream that the moment that you are about to do it, the angel will come and stop you. He didn't know. Isaac, even more so, didn't know that he he was going to be the offering. If I were placed in that position, I would probably be shaken to the very core because this doesn't sound right, doesn't look right, and definitely not right. Why do I say that? Number one, it's because it's a theological contradiction. Because it is the same God that promised that this is the son of promise. Abraham and Sarah were not that young anymore to produce naturally. So God gave that promise and it seems that God now is killing that promise. Theologically, it doesn't make sense. It is also a biblical contradiction because it is God in Genesis chapter 9 told Noah that killing a man will require the life of the perpetrator. If a man kills a man, that will be required of him. The same will be required of him. So think about this. Abraham was asked to kill the promise and if he were to do that, he will have to be killed as well. So his whole entire promise is just going down the drain. Abraham kills Isaac and Abraham will be killed according to Genesis chapter 9. How can God tell one thing there and do another here? Sometimes in our lives, we feel that way, right? God promised something to us, but then here we are not seeing it. 
God, you have seen it there, but how come here? It's not like that. That's a biblical contradiction. It is also a spiritual contradiction. Because God said that when you offer Isaac up, this is supposed to be an act of worship. Doesn't make sense, right? Spiritually, it's wrong. Can you imagine today we worship God? Oh, Justin was leading in the presence of God, and then suddenly God spoke to Jeremy sacrifice. <laughs> A little dinosaur. All right. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't sound right. It doesn't look right. It is not right. But then we thank God. Of course, we have the benefit of knowing what happened. God stopped Abraham at the very last minute. And in Genesis chapter 12, uh, uh, chapter 22, verse 12, God said this to Abraham, Now I know that you did not hold back your son whom you love from me. The problem here is this. The dilemma here is this. Is these three words, now I know. That God says, now I know. Does it mean that God doesn't know prior to this? Because we all know that God is omniscient. He knows everything. Am I right? But does it mean now that God doesn't know? Okay, let me give you an example. Alright? God knows all things. Am I right? God knows sin. But God does not commit sin. You get, where I'm, you get where I'm getting at? So God might have knowledge, but experientially, especially when it comes to us, God does not force His decision on us. Yes, God knows the blessing that will come if Abraham were to obey. And also, the curses if Abraham disobeyed. But here, God says, now I know. Basically, what God is saying is that God sees your very heart, your very decision, because God does not determine that decision for you. You are given the choice to make that decision. And all this can be summed up in Genesis chapter 21, uh, 22, verse 1, it says this, that God, God says this, that God tested Abraham. Everybody say test. Everybody say test. All this was a test. Sometimes in life, a curveball can be a test in our life. Not for God to know, because God knows everything. But it is to help us to see what is really inside of us. I believe on that very day, Abraham had a different perspective of who he was, or who he is. And he could actually come to a place that he would honor God above his own future that he would choose to put God first and to forego 
His promise, His fulfillment. Because He knew that this God who promised Him will be faithful, everything will pan out at the end. Sometimes, sometimes in our lives, a curveball is being thrown at you. It is a test to know what is inside of you. And then now, look at Job. How many of you, you read the book of Job? How many of you are inspired by Job? How many of you want to be like Job? See, all started with everything was going well for Job. He He had riches, he had family, he had everything. He was the richest man in the East. He had everything. He was a man who loved God. Everything. And God was pleased with him, the Bible says. There's no one like him. Wow. Can God say that about you? Oh, there's no one like Hong. There's no one like John. That God would say that. But God said it with confidence and also approval. This man, amazing. But overnight, overnight, everybody said overnight, everything was gone. His children, his wealth, and even his health were all gone. But the thing is this, he did nothing wrong. He did nothing wrong. It was not the consequences of his sins. He did nothing wrong. He did not anger God. In fact, he was a man that God was well pleased. Talk about life's curveball. Curveballs. Suddenly, you are doing everything right. You are serving God. You are loving Him. You're doing your quiet time. You've been faithfully tithing. You've been, you know, doing everything that... that what a Christian would look like or should be. But then suddenly, everything is taken away. How would your response be? Job said in chapter 23, verse 10, but God knows the way that I take. When he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. Wow. In Abraham's life, the curveball is a test. In Job's life, the curveball is a refining process. God is refining us. Does it mean that curveballs in life is easy to take? No, it's difficult. It's challenging. None of us would pray for curveballs. But if it does happen, take heart. Because God is with you. Amen? So what do we do when we face life's curveballs? When a curveball is thrown at you, even though It was not your fault. 
even though it seems that your promise, you know, is affected, what will you do? What should you be doing? I just have three points with you, uh, for you this morning. Number one, look to God for help. Look to God for help. Friends, it is easy to look away from God because we feel that He is unfair. Am I right? In Abraham's life. Can you imagine if he were to think that God is unfair? God, I have no more son. The, the other one I've sent away. And now you promise me that this will be the son of promise. And what happened? And you're asking me to sacrifice him? And that my life will be demanded of me as well if I were to murder him. God, what's happening? So sometimes in our lives, we have this kind of attitude, right? Why others have it easy, but I don't? I was talking to someone the other day, and this person was telling me, you know, Pastor, I started a business, and I failed. I lost about 600000 in the business. And then when I see other people doing it, you know, and, and they are successful, and I know that they are doing, they're not doing it the right way, and I'm, as a Christian, I'm doing it the right way. But yet I'm failing, but they are succeeding. Pastor, why is it so unfair? And I told this person, at the end of it all, all of us will stand before God and we'll be judged. So don't envy their reward right now. Because what God's going to reward you is going to be far greater than what you have lost by doing what is right. Seems to be unfair. I told this person, look to God. Psalms 22 verse 19 says, but you Lord, do not be far away from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. Psalms 34 verse 17, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears them <coughs> and he delivers them from all their troubles. Friends, never lose sight of God and keep fixing our eyes on Jesus. The Bible tells us that He is the author and He is the finisher of our faith. The story of our faith is dependent on how much that we rely on Him. It's not how much we know. It's how much we depend on Him. The more we take matters into our own hands, the worse it will become. So always look to God for help. Don't turn to other means first. Turn to God. Look to God. When a curveball is thrown at you, look to God. Because everything will pan out at the end, even though we may not see it right now. Number two, firstly, look to God. Secondly, reach out for community. Come on, everybody say community. 
Romans chapter 12, verse 5 says this, So in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. And verse 10, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Verse 15, rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. This is what the church community should be. We rejoice together with you in your victories, not being envious, not being jealous. And we mourn together with you in the tough situations that you are in. We don't rejoice because you are suffering. If anyone is doing the opposite, that is not Christ-like. That they mourn for your victories <laughs> and rejoice for your mournings. That's not Christ-like. That's why in this church, we always encourage each other. Keep praying for each other. Your prayer need is also our responsibility to be praying with you. So don't ever be shy to share your prayer needs with your CG leaders. Your CG leaders will share with other CG leaders and the other CG leaders will share with their members to be praying with you. So uh, a message that's sent out, you have many prayers that returns back to you as we stand together with you. Amen? Friends, we need each other. Healing comes in community. Amen? Healing comes in church. Remember this, we are better together. We are better together. Tell your neighbor, we are better together. John, tell Wenji, you are better together. <laughs> Remember, we are in this together. Amen. Firstly, look to God. Secondly, reach out for community. So here in this church, we are a community here. Amen. Not a community for gossips. All right, not a community for, for, for attacking each other. But a community to love one another, to honor one another, to stand with each other. Amen? And the third point, the last point is this. You got to know the truth and trust God. Know the truth and trust God. Always be in the presence of truth. John chapter 8, verse 32 says, Know the truth and the truth will set you free. That's how powerful truth is. Truth is very important. Trust is strengthened in truth. Trust is not strengthened in emotions. But trust is strengthened in truth. Your emotions is a very bad friend when you are in a crisis, when you are in a, when you are Experiencing a curveball, your emotions is a terrible friend. Truth is your greatest ally in every season of your life. Every curveball will bring a big why in our lives. We tend to ask, why? Why does it have to happen to me? Why? Everything seems to be going well. Why? 
Let me tell you something, friends, this morning, very important. It's okay to ask God questions, but never question Him. When we ask God questions, is that we are coming, we are humbling ourselves before Him and say, God, if you were to reveal this to me, why, you know, I'm going through this. But never to question Him. Because when you question Him, you're questioning His character. You're saying that, God, you know, you put me through this. And it's so unfair. How come it's not the other person going through it? Don't question the character of God. Sometimes God will reveal to us. But sometimes God may not. And we must be ready for that. God will not answer every question in your life. Even though you may be asking a lot of questions. Because all of us, we don't need all the answers. But we need to trust the one who knows everything. Therefore, hold on to his truth. Amen? Yeah, it's okay that you ask God, but never question him. Amen? So this morning, you know, as we come before him, can I get the worship team to come up? Let's, let's sing the third song again. Amen? Hallelujah. I don't know what curveball you may be facing right now. It could be a relationship curveball. Everything seems to be well and suddenly your girlfriend or boyfriend comes up to you and says, let's break up. Or maybe it's your job that you seem to be like, oh, waiting for that promotion and then suddenly someone else gets promoted. Or maybe you, in your company you may seem to be like the star worker, you know, the star employee. But then actually everybody doesn't like you. <laughs> or you know, financially, you know, you've been planning and everything seems to be okay. But then the US dollars goes up higher and higher. Or no, even Sing dollars goes up higher and higher. <laughs> and you're wondering like, huh? You know, I was reading uh, some articles the other day and, and they were saying that, you know, uh, quite a number of Malaysians who were billionaires and just because of uh, our ringgit have, uh, have devalued and they, from billionaire, they are now only millionaires. They are saying that they, they lost at least about 300 million in value, you know, in their assets. And they are like, oh, you know, they, they dropped from that list. From billionaire to millionaire. I will never understand what that means. Yeah. And life throws a curveball at you. Everything seems to be okay. And you'll be like, wow, thinking, wow, you know, finally. And, you know, Pastor Brenda and I, we were just talking the other day. And, and we were just, you know, jokingly. Uh, not jokingly, but we were just talking about it. Okay, Chris. Life curveball. <laughs> Something unexpected. We, we planned this. Uh, no, no, this is a game. And we're just talking and say that, you know, I was just telling her, if, if seven years ago, our baby was viable, 
somehow in our hearts we always say that you know it's a girl, it's a girl, it's a girl. Yep. And 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 I told told her, you know, uh, if if that pregnancy was viable, she would probably be in standard one right now. And I look at her and I say that, you know, if we were to have that baby, would we have a second one? And Pastor Brenda said, yeah, probably we would have a second one. Yeah, because now seven years old, she can help to take care of the, you know. But then I told, told her, I said that, but JJ will not be called JJ because our first initial names that, you know, given, uh, I mean, when we were talking about if it's a girl, we want to uh, name her uh, Orella. Orella, which means the lioness of God. All right. If it's a boy, it's Harel, which means the mountain of God in Hebrew. So it will not be Junjay. You <laughs> <laughs> probably call Harel now. I still remember and when we talk about that, we still feel the sting of what had taken place. Because it's such a curveball. I remember when she told me that she was She's, she was pregnant at the time. And I told some of the leaders, I say, you know, finally, Brenda is pregnant. And lo and behold, after a few days, a very big curveball was thrown at us. And we lost that baby. It wasn't viable. And it was tough. And we're just looking back. And then as we were just talking and but at the end of the day, we came to the conclusion that we thank God that God will make everything good, all things good, according to His purpose when we choose to love Him. I don't know what you are going through right now, medical report that's not very encouraging, you know, a curveball that's being thrown at you, you've been, you know, all fit and well and running up the mountains and now you can't even climb up the stairs. I don't know. Curveball is thrown at you. Or it could be a family, you know, a matter of crisis. Whatever it is. But I want you, this morning, no matter what curveball that you are facing at this very moment, look to God. Reach out to the community that's around you. Amen. And know the truth. What is God saying to you? Trust in Him. Remember this. You may not see it now, but God is preparing that destiny and that purpose for you. At the end, it will pan out. I told that person who have lost 600 over 1,000 ringgit, I told her, I said, you know, friend, I trust at the end of the day, when you choose to honour God, you're holding on to His truth, God will restore back the years that the locusts have taken from you. It may not be now, it may not be right, you know, next week or the following week. You may feel that you're in a pit, you may feel that a curveball has thrown towards you, but that pitch is going to come and you as the batter, you are going to hit a home run. It may not be now. You might get strike out at the first pitch. Strike one, strike two. But God is not going to let you to strike out at a strike tree. That's for sure. But you need to look to Him. You need to reach out to community. I'm glad that a person talked to me that day. 
And we, you know, I just talked to the, and, and she was so encouraged and said, okay, Pastor, I really believe. I believe. I trust God. She gave up her very well-paying job to do that business. And it failed. But God knows. Amen. I told her it was a very expensive lesson, but it is still worth it if you continue to trust God. Amen. And then always know the truth. What is God saying over your life right now? So this morning, can I get you to stand to your feet? Come on, let's, let's worship Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. presence Lord Spirit of hope draw me closer to you Lord Spirit of life going into my heart how I worship you I worship you Jesus Lord Jesus, how oh, I need your prayer. 
presence, Lord. Spirit of hope, draw me closer to you, Lord. Spirit of life, flowing into my heart. Keep your presence, Lord. Jesus, need your presence, Lord. Spirit of hope, draw me closer to you, Lord. Friends, this morning we want to pray together. If any one of you this morning, you are facing a curveball in your life, wherever that you are, I just want to lift up your hands. I want you to lift up your hands and we're going to pray together as a church. Amen. Can you do that? Just lift up your hands, wherever you are, if you are facing a curveball right now. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, yes, I see that hand. I see that hand. Yes. Just lift it up before the Lord. Lift it up high. Amen. Lift it up high. Because you are not reaching out to men, you are reaching out to God this morning. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, and those of you who are around, we are a community here. Those of you who are around, would you just stretch out your hands to them? We're going to pray. We're going to pray together as a church. We're going to stand together in your sickness. We're going to stand together in your pain. We're going to stand together in your crisis. Because we know that together we are better. Together there is strength. Together, we're going to see, we're going to experience a breakthrough together. So lift up your hands. Those around you, just stretch out your hands to them right now. We're going to pray. Oh, Oh, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Father, you see these hands that are lifted before you. Lord, these are not hands of defeat or hands of hopelessness, but hands of hope, knowing and trusting that God, all things will work for the good of those who love you. Father, we thank you that all this is only but for a moment, but all that you have prepared for us is for eternity. Lord, we pray right now, whatever needs, whatever curveballs that each is facing, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, they will not be striked out in the name of Jesus. They will not be battered out, but they will hit a home run in the name of Jesus. A home run for their health, a home run for their finances, a home run in their family, a home run, oh God, Lord, for their job. Lord, we pray right now, even Lord, for their emotions, their well-being, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, oh, in Jesus' name, oh, shukoredi ababarabahane. Oh, Rabasidiana Rabahano. Oh, Jesus, thank you, God. I surrender. Yes, Lord, thank you.
for those that are well, especially for those that are going through cancer. Pray, pray for them. Father, today we want to speak healing. Your word says that by your stripes, you will be healed. So right now, God, we speak to every disease, every virus, discomfort, pain, body ache, eye problem, bone problem, joint problem. In Jesus' name, healing will take place. Father God, specifically God, we speak against cancer. Spirit of cancer, die in Jesus' name. Every cancer cell will be gone. Every cancer cell that is not supposed to be there will be gone in Jesus' name. God, we speak whole health, whole healing, full restoration of movement, of health, oh God. God, we speak a clean bill of health. Every report will come out glorifying you in Jesus' name. So, Father, right now, as a church, as a community, we bind our hearts, we bind our faith together. God, we declare and we declare that healing has indeed taken place. All glory and honor to you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. 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 Father Lord, we also want to commit, oh God, every single parent in this place. Lord, we surrender our kids before you. We surrender our children before you. Lord, we know they, that they are gifts from heaven. They are gifts that comes only from you. And we declare this morning that as parents in this place, we declare that our children belong to you. They belong to you, O oh God. And they are named by you and they are uniquely placed 
in our family, under our care, under our umbrella for a reason, for a specific journey, oh God, that we're going to journey through with them. Lord, if there's any fear that rises up in our hearts, oh God, of their future, of their health, of any concerns that we have, oh God, Lord, we surrender it before you, our King, our Lord, and the Father who loves them. Lord, we know that they are safe in your hands. They are healthy in your hands. We declare, oh God, if there's any fear right now, Lord, you break them down right now in Jesus' name. Any veils, any barriers, oh God, that, that's preventing us, oh God, as parents to fully trust in you, to fully surrender before you. Lord, we want to declare right now that these walls be broken down in Jesus' name and we want to fully surrender them before you. We want to surrender their future their health, their situations right now before you, oh God, because we know that we can trust in you. We know that we believe that, Lord, they, their, their future are crafted, oh God, uniquely in your hands, oh God. We know that, that you love them, that you care for them, and you will definitely bring them through. You will heal them. You will, Lord, continue to secure them in every season of their lives. They will be strong in you. They will partner with you. They will surrender their hearts to God. Even in their, at their very young age, they will know that they have a Lord that they can trust in. They will know that the Lord that they can turn to. They can cry out to you. They can pray for one another. They can minister, Lord, to their friends. They can minister even in the kindergarten that they go to, in the youth, Lord, even to their friends to God. They can be ministers of God. They can minister to even to those family members who haven't known you yet, oh God. Lord, they can bring the very presence of God, the presence of Jesus, oh God, and the reality of Jesus even through their lives, oh God, to the people around them, to the family members who have not known you. Lord, we surrender them before you. We surrender every parent as well, oh God, that we will all have wisdom that comes from you to know what is right and what is wrong and to know how to really instill the heart of God into their lives, oh God, that we will not be in fear, we will not lead them in fear, but we will lead them, Lord, to the destiny of God with such assurance and confidence only comes from you, oh God. Lord, we surrender every family before you, every parents, every children before you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. We're going to pray for couples, couples who are trying to conceive. Would you just open your hearts to Jesus right now? commit every couple you know who they are right here Lord you see what they've been going through even when no one sees and no one knows even when they think no one understands you understand Lord right now we bring every heart before you Lord you know the cry of their hearts you know their longing Lord to be able to conceive Lord we pray that right now 
In Jesus' name, God, you make it possible. You make a way for them. Lord, that there will not be barrenness, but there will be fruitfulness, oh God. In Jesus' name. Father, we pray. If joy, if joy has been robbed from them because of the stress or the pain or the disappointment of not being able to conceive, we pray right now. Lord, you restore joy into their marriage. Restore joy into their hearts, into their household. Lord, fill them with your love, oh God, to the overflowing that, Lord, trying to conceive will not be a stress anymore. Lord, it will not be something they strive for anymore. But, Lord, we pray they will begin to enjoy, enjoy every single day, enjoy the journey, enjoy their relationship, oh God. And in doing so, Lord, you will cause, Lord, really fruitfulness to be added into their lives. So we thank you. We thank you because we know that, Lord, you are the giver of life. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Father God, we commit our financial situation before you. Father, this morning we commit our finance before you. Father, we want to pray right now for, for those of who are, who, are, who are still studying. Father, we pray, God, that they will truly understand and comprehend this principle. Lord, that when, 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 Lord, it's, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Lord, sometimes we, 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 we say it, but Lord, when, when, when there's, when, when, when in actual, when we want to give, it's, it's not easy. And, and Father, I, I just want to, just, right now, I want just to join our faith together with, with those who are, who are struggling financially. Father, we pray in Jesus' name, God, that as, as, as they week in and week out uh, are just listening to, to those who are, who are coming to share of their testimony or, or, or of, this, of this principle, Father, we pray that they will know that in the end, in all things that you work for the good of those who love you, and, and, and in the end, we know, we know that we will not lack, we will not lack anything because you will provide for us in Jesus' name. God, I pray for those of them who are who, those of who, them who, who, are, who just got married or maybe those who are, who are having kids and, and, and they're struggling financially. Father, we pray. Father, we pray that you enable us, empower us, not by our might, not by our, our own wisdom, not by our own calculation, but Lord, enable us to trust in you. To, to believe that, Lord God, that as we, as, we, uh, uh, as we trust you, as we say that you are Jehovah Jireh, our provider, you truly will provide for every single sin. Lord, not just for us, but for our future in Jesus' name. So that, Lord God, when, 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 Lord, we pray in Jesus' name that in future, when somebody is in need, Lord God, we will not hold back to keep because we know that is the principle that you will, you will, you will, you will truly, you will truly, will truly like nothing. Lord, because we serve a God of impossible. So God, we commit right now, Jesus, every single one who is struggling, we pray 
Let there be such a financial freedom from the front to the back, from the left to the right. Every single one that they will grasp the concept and they will, they will be able to enjoy the freedom that you have bestowed upon us financially. So God, we thank you right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we know, Lord God, whom the Son set free and sweet. And Father, we pray this truth will go forth and set people free. Thank you, Jesus. And God, we pray every Sunday when we come. We will truly give cheerfully because you are our provider. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Father, we pray for your cloud to be over us, the cloud of your presence, the cloud of your protection, the cloud of your providence will be upon our lives. Lord, we thank you, O oh God, that this morning every prayer that we have prayed, every hand that is lifted before you, Lord, we thank you. We thank you. There's going to be a response from heaven. And this confidence that we can have in you. Because we know when two agree something on earth, it shall be done in heaven. So Lord, thank you. We praise you. We bless you. Lord, we pray. May there be testimonies and testimonies of your goodness, your faithfulness in our lives, oh God, that we can speak of, that we can tell people concerning you, oh Father. So Lord, we thank you. We thank you for that healing. We thank you for that providence. We thank you for the assurance. We thank you for that fruitfulness and blessings that comes from you. Now may the love of the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone say, Amen, Amen. Come on, let's give God praise. Oh, praise Him. Oh, praise Him, praise Him. Oh, Jesus, thank you, God. Amen, amen, amen. 
God bless you. Have a fantastic week ahead of you. You know, next Sunday, 